Hello and welcome to another episode of the Level Up Running Podcast. I'm Jace and joined as ever by Darren. Hello mate. Good evening. So we find ourselves recording slightly differently today. Uh, usually we do it across the internet, but uh, I have the pleasure of being in your little recording studio today, so uh, it's going to be slightly different. Indeedy. So uh, apologies for any changes in the sound. Uh, it's probably because of my inexperience of using such fancy kit. Anyway, let's crack on. Um, we said on the previous episode that the next one would be after the Mighty Deerstalker race, and it is. Uh, we completed the Mighty Deerstalker last weekend, so we thought um, we should... Uh, while it's still fresh in our minds and uh, we're still remembering the good and the bad times of it, we'll uh, get a podcast out and uh, talk about the Mighty Deerstalker. So we've broken it down into a few categories. First of all, we're starting with the journey. Now, looking on a map, it, it's quite far. Uh, <laughs> it took us a good six, six and a half hours either way. Yeah, it, it, well, it is a long way. You forget how far away Scotland is. You obviously know it's a long way. It's up the north. Um, but basically, we only got into the first bit of Scotland. It took a fair old time. We weren't rushing. We set off nice and early in the day, and uh, we thought we'd make a bit of a road trip out of it. So we got the tunes on. We got the podcasts on the uh, radio as well. We got some snacks in and uh, made, a, made a good journey of it. I used to work in Scotland quite a lot, and one thing I forgot was the views. Once you get over that border, some of the views, they were absolutely stunning. Well, they would have been even more stunned if it wasn't for the fact the weather was terrible the way up there. Uh, the day before the event, everyone was travelling up there, and uh, we weren't really entirely sure whether the event was going to go on. Um, there was an awful lot of snow, lots of pictures from the Rat Race guys of the uh, area of the event, uh, all blanketed in snow. Uh, we were quite worried about the roads, because obviously the road condition um, on the smaller roads up in Scotland isn't great. Um, we were worried about whether that was going to be all snowy, but towards the... Uh, time when we got to actually scotland it just started being more wet than anything so that was pretty good yeah yeah <laughs> one thing that uh, sticks in my head is um so we came off through moffat and came through that way and we passed um a nice little lock saint mary's lock and we were driving past and we were like that's gorgeous scenery uh, so we both pulled over jumped out the car to take a picture and I've never seen any pe- anybody jump back in the car just quite as quick. It was freezing. Oh, honestly, it was super freezing. The wind was howling. It was like, nope, nope, nope. No picture's going to be worth this. So um, we knew we were going to get a bit cold later on, so we thought then we'd uh, enjoy the heat of the car while we could. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good laugh. Yeah. On the way back, um, it was very cold. It was very icy. And uh, luckily, the, the time we set off, we, we were actually behind a gritter uh, for most of the way until we got to the um, A74. Yeah, I was quite happy to uh, have the gritter in front of us because there were serious patches of ice where the uh, standing water had frozen overnight and, uh, yeah, a lot of sheep on the trail and stuff like that, or on the road, sorry. And, um, yeah, it was it was pretty hairy on a couple of occasions. But, uh, yeah, we lived through it and uh, it was a good journey both ways, I thought. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, the camping. Uh, so we camped over. It was all right. It was, a, it was a little campsite. It wasn't too muddy. It wasn't too wet. Unfortunately, there was a covering of snow when we got there. So, um it just made the tent very cold, just having a base layer of snow. Yeah, pitching the tents in the snow and uh, the ground was the worst bit for me. Trying yeah, to put your yeah. pegs in and I've only got a small tent with like thin pegs and trying to put it into the ground. It seemed that there was pure rock about two inches below the <laughs> top layer of the mud. So every peg just went and bent as soon as you put it in. Uh, and that uh, obviously leads with the wind as well to thoughts of your tent's not going to be there when you get back from the run. So uh, yeah, twitchy bum time a bit there. Yeah, very much. Um, as mentioned on the last one, I, I bought a new tent. I didn't get a chance to try it. So I was trying to work out how it all went together in the snow, in the wind. And 
It mostly went together. <laughs> well, I would have loved to have helped you, but um, I was enjoying just standing back after I put my little tent up and just watching you struggle, to be honest. But you got there eventually. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, it was quite a good choice, uh, the blackout tent. Because uh, once I put it up and looked around the campsite, uh, looked around and there was a number of the blackout tents. So I was like, brilliant. What a perfect choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job uh, you knew where your tent was because you could have ended up in any other tent if you were going just <laughs> off the look of it. Yeah, very much. Uh, one thing I will say about the campsite is... Um, it woke up at 3.30 in the morning, and from that point on, it was just 10 after 10, everybody pop into the loo. And I think because it was windy throughout the night, it kept banging the doors of the port loos. Um, so just a heads up, if it's like that again, you're not going to get a lot of sleep. That's pretty much camping though, isn't it? And I think when you've yeah. got the extra thing of, uh, I think there were something like 41,000 pints of beer drunk <laughs> over the weekend. Um, in the beer tent, so most of those were being deposited in the port of at 3.30. I think. <laughs> Onwards, yeah. Um, so that takes on to the facilities, actually. The facilities were great. Um, the, the worm muddy, I, I did actually give the uh, survey feedback the outside of the main tent. So it, it was just a bit of a swamp, which, which was fine when you were wearing your kit, but once you were trying to get into something warm and dry, um, when your feet were just sinking into an inch of mud, it was kind of rank. Yeah, that seemed like a, a little bit of bad planning. I think um, there were, to the main tent, there were initially two doors open uh, through the daytime. And then we got towards the evening when the band was on, uh, that went down to one tent. So you can imagine there's a couple of thousand people traipsing in and out of the tent, um, uh, in, in and out of the main tent, going to the bar and stuff, and then heading back to their own tents. It was a bit Glastonbury out there. Yeah, yeah. Car park, uh, that, was, that was about a 10-minute walk away. Uh, it wasn't too bad. Luckily, we had the trolley, uh, which, which to be fair, was a bit of a lifesaver. Uh, I'm not sure I would want to do that journey too many times. I did mock the trolley, to be honest. Um, it's a bit of a big monstrosity. I, I christened it the um, Opportunity Rover because it looks a bit like a moon rover. But, um, yeah, I really quite enjoyed it once we actually got all the kit into it and we were dragging it up. Uh, it did make things an awful lot easier, and I'm looking forward to being able to use it again at other events. Uh, I presume you're going to bring it? Uh, I am indeed. It's sat next to us right now. Nice. <laughs> so the the facilities at the, at the event, uh, so we had beer, we had food, uh, rather pricey food, but... To be honest, it was the only thing you could get. Um, so, eight quid for a sausage burger and chips. So be it, mate. It's it's an event thing. They're bringing all the catering facilities with to a remote location. Unless you're going to go and chew on a passing sheep, there's not really many more options. Oh, ab- is there? absolutely, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. We we bought them, we ate them, we loved them. <laughs> oh, we did. Thankfully, though, we did uh, do a bit of pre-carb loading and went to the shop and bought a load of stuff to eat afterwards as well. So uh, we did supplement it with our own pasties and blooming bits and bobs and mini eggs from the shop. Yeah, indeed. Um, so, yeah, the, the bar, uh, the good old selection on there, uh, good range of beers, uh, lots of gins, um, which we didn't touch because six and a half hour drive home. Merchandise, the big old merchandise stands, as you do find it in the Rat Race events. Um, which was good, nice discounted stuff. Bag drop, valuable drop, um, and a band. Yeah, the uh, it was nice to see a bit of a band on there. Um, when we first got there, it was a bit confusing because the seats were all laid out in rows like you were mm. doing a, a classroom thing, and I, I wasn't really sure what was going on. But by the time we got back in after the event, um, that had all been cleared off, and it was basically just a, a big wooden dance floor, and uh, people were having a bit of a boogie and stood around having a chat. Um, fantastic atmosphere in the Big Ten. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think it helped that it was freezing outside, so everybody was inside. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think um, 
So when we finished the run, uh, first thing we did was we head back into there because it was nicely heated, the big tent, and obviously having all those people in there as well, lots of body heat going around. I love the fact that we could um, just go and chat to random people. We were making a beeline for some people that we knew from the Season Pass group on Facebook, and uh, seeing people with the uh, Season Pass hoodies and T-shirts on uh, helped us to spot those people, and I made a, a point of saying hello to a few of the people there, um, a few of the people that I recognise, and it was good to have that little bit of camaraderie. You know, We're all in it together, first event of the season. It was, uh, it was really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, now on to the run itself. So before we get to the run, hang on, can we talk about waiting to get to the start line? That was the coldest thing of the entire weekend. We were worried that we were going to be cold on the run. We were worried that we were going to be cold going through the rivers. But the, actually the coldest part of all of that was waiting to get to the start line. I think we left the big tent uh, about 20, 25 minutes before our wave started. Yeah. And uh, just stood there. The wind was howling. It was dropping to towards zero, must have been. And um, yeah, <laughs> there were a lot of people shivering, a lot of people trying to keep warm, um, really worried about the muscles cramping up because of being cold. Yeah, yeah, very much. But yeah, we kind of danced about with, with the majority of the people uh, for a good 20 minutes. And then it was time to go. Um, first of all, I'd like to say hats off to the, the course marshals for dynamically altering the course uh, due to the weather conditions. So it, it worked out about a nine mile run, um, which, which again was fine. Um, it was about 2,000 feet of elevation, and it took us roughly about two and a half hours. Yeah, we we weren't rushing to get round. Um, there were some bottlenecks. But, yeah, like you say, with the conditions, um, some parts of the course have been altered from previous years. Certainly when we were talking to people beforehand, they were talking about wading through the river um, and the prospect of that. But looking at the river as we ran past, it yeah. was super high, super fast flowing because of all the water that had come down, all the snow that had melted into it. Um, there was no way they were going to safely get 2,000 people going through um, a big raging river like that. So, yeah, they, they, as you say, dynamically altered the course. I know they made several changes for the people who were doing the doubles. They That's made, right, yeah. um, Some changes as we were going round um, because the course was changing due to the conditions and they, all the marshals and the, and the organisers did a great job of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, one takeaway uh, from it is, uh, so we, we just got running. And we were running through this swampy field and we were, we were kind of bouncing around trying to avoid the water and the mud. In hindsight, or should I just embrace the mud straight away? Because <laughs> next thing you do, you run through a swamp. <laughs> yeah, the sooner you get muddy and wet on these things, the better you are. You know, you, The more time you spend trying to avoid it, you've got more chance of turning your ankle or more chance of um, just wearing yourself out really by overthinking it. So get in the mud quick, get wet, get cold. Um because the faster you're moving, the more you're going to warm up and the quicker you're going to warm up. Yeah, absolutely. So when we were doing the event, we, we kind of ran on the flats. We we ran-ish downhills, uh, power hiked up the hills. And again, it, it was fine. Um, we actually said afterwards that we sh- I think we were confident enough that we could have done the double. You could have run up some of the hills, but mm. unless you're super fit trying to go for a really good time or trying to get into the, the top few runners... You don't really gain a lot, as far as I'm concerned, from running up the hills. All you do is burn up your energy really quickly, especially the first time you've done the course. You don't know what the course is going to be like. You don't want to uh, burn out on the first hill. And bear in mind, we're running up and down some really good mountain biking trails. So there's a lot of elevation. There's a lot of uh, terrain there to run up and down. It's really not worth burning out too quickly. And I'm so glad we didn't. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, there were no. I mean, we clocked quite a few people that would go flying past us 
get to the top of the hill, stand there, catch the breath, and then we'd overtake them. And it were the same people that passed us five, six times. And uh, I think towards the end, uh, my gut feel is we probably finished before them. Yeah, there was a lot of that going on. There always is, you know. But fair play, people want to run it their own way. They can yeah, do oh, that, yeah, you know. Yeah. But if you're feeling strong, run past people. And, you know, if, nobody's going to uh, have a go at anyone for running past people. And I think as we were running around, everyone was pretty respectful of each other. I don't, sure, think, I don't yeah, think anybody yeah. was pushing past anybody. I don't think anybody was um, causing a problem with anyone. I think uh, everyone was cheering each other on, helping each other out, having a good laugh. We certainly had a laugh with a few people. Of on course, around, yeah, yeah. Which is one of the best things about these events. We're all one big family. We're all battling the elements together. Yeah. I mean, there was a fair few sections that were bottlenecked. Uh, there were there were single file. And uh, to be to be fair, it was a good chance to get a rest and get your breath back. So again, if you plan on running these things, there will be sections where you're either going to have to get round people or just, just, just embrace the queue. Um, the Scree Hill. Yes. Yeah, so this is the famous scree hill that everyone was going on about beforehand. People had done it before. It was a pretty steep hill. I'll it, give you that. It was a steep hill, yeah. We kind of ran next to the scree, though. There was a big pile of scree, and you know, which is loose rocks and stuff. Uh, we kind of walked up the uh, grass bit next to that, to yeah, be honest, yeah, yeah. rather than actually the scree itself. Um, but I think that was probably a good thing because you don't really want to move in surface under your feet when you've got that many people. You're going to end up uh, causing like a mini yeah, avalanche, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> knocking yeah. people out with rocks. <laughs> Well, to be fair, even at the side, there was there was a fair few landslides. But it was one of those, and this is something that I didn't really think about with the head torch running. Um, once it got dark and the head torch was on, you're so focused on that patch of lit up ground in front of you for your footing, for um, seeing what's what's going on on that immediate piece of ground in front of you, that you don't really look. Um, certainly on the screen hill, I never looked up to the top of it to yeah, see yeah. how far it was. I was concentrating pretty much on my footing, um, not knocking into people in front and behind me. It was weird. It, it kind of made the whole run go a lot quicker for me. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agreed. So I, I was the same, uh, about probably about 9% up the screen hill. Uh, I was like, well, I'm feeling this quite in my legs now. And then it was like, oh, you're at the top. I'm like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really weird. Um, by no means underestimate that hill, but uh, mm. it's basically just a trudge. Everyone's trudging up there, various levels of swearing and living, <laughs> um, complaining. But yeah, it's cool. And then come back down the other side of it. That was pretty cool. Uh, that, that was a fun. smattering of snow there, bump, bumping around between all the bits of grass. That was pretty cool. And uh, coming down some of the hills and bouncing off, uh, pinballing through the trees. Uh, I always love doing that. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. So towards the end, you've got a, a, a nice little bridge to go under. Now, I assume this was made worse due to the adverse weather conditions, but um, you get into a little a little stream. Uh, initially get in, it goes up to um, goes up to your waist, and as you go through the tunnel, it's um, up to the top of your chest. And my, that was cold. It was pretty cold, so you can imagine the temperature, the air temperatures are around about zero. This uh, standing water, or the river water, whatever it is, was super cold so it's all about keeping your breath not panicking um i can see how some people would have uh, been a bit intimidated by it but it, it was a good little thing to have towards the end um, it was yeah, yeah i think if that had been a bit earlier on or you'd have had to go through it twice it might be a bit more uh, <laughs> dodgy but uh, no I, I quite enjoyed that and there were loads of good features like that um using using the terrain using things like the tunnel um 
one of the good bits for me as well was when you went through um, a little bit of the town. So you, you cut into a couple of streets of Innerleafen itself. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, all the locals were out. There were kids with um, handing out jelly babies and all sorts of sweets and people banging drums and cheering you all on. Um, that was a big lift as we went towards the Absolutely, screen. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hats off to them. I mean, the, we, we ran past a house. There's an entire family in the house just waving to everybody as they went past. It, it was a real buzz. It's good to see the support, you know, and it, it, it must interrupt people's lives to have an event of this size and people running through and marshals all over the paths and um, just having people run up and down your street. But, okay, it doesn't happen very often, but uh, they embrace it and they, they cheer you all on. Um, and it's, it, it was good to see. Yeah, yeah. One thing to note, when we were at top of, top of the first hill, I think it was, um, I think we must have had our head in the cloud, or at least low cloud, because we had the head torches on. The best way I can describe it was um, the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> like in warp factor. Yeah, yeah. It was like when you're driving in heavy fog, wasn't it? Your yeah. uh, head torch couldn't quite penetrate, same as your, your head. Uh, yeah, same as your headlights don't really penetrate the fog it was like that so it was really misty but it was quite eerie for him through the woods with the, the mist as well yeah yeah um, and then trying to catch your foot in it was uh, it was good just so many good bits like so many good little memories yeah indeed kit wise um, so we we had many discussions before many and after many discussions and I'm happy to say that I think the decisions that were made were absolutely spot on there was nothing there that I thought I wish I'd have got something else I I had the right footing on. Um, so you had the speed cross. I had the peregrines on. Yeah, um, the speed cross at the moment are the only trail shoes I've got. I'm looking for the, the right pair of mid trails at the moment. But I thought these would be right with the terrain that we knew we were going to run on um, and going through the water and stuff. Speed cross was was always going to be my uh, was always going to be my trainer of choice. Exactly. I wore the hilly um, all terrain socks. They were pretty good. Uh, a good sock choice. I didn't get any any problems at all with my feet on there. No, no, no. I, I was wearing the Innovate. The, the Innovate trial socks and again they were fine my, my feet um, they warmed up pretty quick um, and not a single blister not a single heat spot nice um, we both wore leggings for this one there were a lot of people in shorts but I think um, we were cold enough on the weight for the start anyway I think if we had bare skin out there as well it would have been even more uncomfortable so I'm quite glad I wore the leggings for that under shorts under those over shorts as well um, we wore jackets as well we did um, yeah I just literally wore a base layer underneath my uh, race shell jacket, and that was superb. Um, I know I'm not going to get cold while I'm running anyway, um, but just just get that extra little cover to keep the wind off you as well. That's yeah, really absolutely. Good. It was all about cutting the wind rather than staying warm. Yeah, uh, and again, when, once we've been through the water, everything dried pretty quick as well, so the, it wasn't uncomfortable. So, yeah, very happy with the kit that we took. Um, I'm also happy to say that even though I took quite a lot of stuff with me, I used about 90% of it. So I guess lessons learned. There are some stuff I can probably cut out of my kit just so I can fit it in the boot. <laughs> well, I was moaning at you because you do like to be super prepared for stuff. And, you know, I am I take just the bare essentials and I probably didn't quite take enough stuff. I could have done with some more warm clothing to wear afterwards. I didn't take a pair of joggers or anything like that. Um, you were going on about taking wellies and I talked you out of it. And then with the mud going around, they were probably a good idea. And that was our running joke through the whole thing. Oh, look, these people are wearing wellies. These people are wearing wellies. Um, so that was quite fun. You had lots and lots of kit, but like you say, you used it all. Um, we've learned some good lessons about kit, I think. For you, what was the one piece of kit you were most happy that you took with you? Um, so it's probably the North Face gloves. Because um, I put them on while I was putting up the tent and I put them on once we got changed. Um, my hands were lovely and warm. 
that's probably a good shout. I left my warm gloves in the boot of the car and we didn't find them until we left. Um, <laughs> we won't talk about gloves too much. Um, one thing I will say is, um, so there was all the, I won't say scandal, but there was all the thing about shower passes. Um, I had one. Um, I was misprepared as soon as I could get the tickets. I bought a shower pass, so I was one of the few that had one. Didn't use it. Um, and the main reason for that is because it was a bit of a swamp and the showers were a little too far away. And it was just easy enough just to get in some warm clothes and just say, you know what, I'll, I'll deal without a shower. Yeah, we didn't get particularly muddy. We, we, you know, our feet were muddy and stuff from running more through the campsite than um, going anywhere else uh, around the race itself. Yes, we were wet. Yes, we were a bit stinky. But um, it didn't warrant what would have been a 10-minute walk yeah. With tired legs round to the showers. Um, and then, I'm sure they were lovely and warm, and I'm sure people are going to uh, talk highly of them, but yeah. But but again, it was the thought of going for a shower, then coming back through that swamp. Yeah, coming back through there when you're clean. Yeah, yeah. Be a bit of a pain, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so, so one thing I didn't expect, uh, and we spoke to a few people in the bar about this, upper body ache. So <laughs> I stood in the bar with a pint of man, and I'm like, my word, my back aches. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure if this was bouncing through the trees or or just the almost all fours going up the scree hill or what but i think everybody we spoke to had an achy back i think it's because not everybody trains or not everybody is able to train on very steep hills because mm. when you're on a very steep slope it's so much different from a slope you can run up yeah um and like you say, you're engaging your upper body in terms of stability and you're naturally leaning forward at the waist, which puts that extra pressure on your back. So mm, yeah, I yeah. think it's just that lack of experience with um, or lack of muscle memory, if you like, um, for those very steep hills. Yeah, yeah. So we thought we'd cover thoughts for Aaron. Um, so as we record this, Aaron's three weeks away. After Deer Stalk, I, I've, I'm, I'm feeling quite confident. Yourself? I've been struggling with confidence for Aaron um, because of the distance and because of things I've had going on you know we spoke before about the injuries Um, my life has been really busy with a new job a moving house and things so I haven't had much time to do long distance training for running but um, the deer stalker has certainly changed my level of confidence it's certainly higher now Um, I know that I can handle the terrain I know that we can go at a pace together which is um, comfortable for me to run for long periods of time. Yeah. Um, as we record this, we've just come back from a twenty k run as well. Um, yeah. At night. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which was quite nice. Uh, you invited me up to yours, and we went out for uh, a run around your local area and did some hills. I think my fitness has come back nicely. I've had no problems with my legs since that previous injury. So the confidence is growing for me. Yeah. For yeah. The ultra tour of Aaron. Um, certainly looking forward to the experience and the views and the camaraderie. Um, Yes, it's going to be difficult. I'm, I'm certainly not underestimating the terrain we're going for, but I don't think it will beat me. No, no. And and again, I think if we just run steady, we fuel well, I think it should be an amazing experience. Um, I'm not planning on setting any world records. I'm just planning on crossing the finish line on both days. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. We're going to, we're going to drag the rest of our team through, and um, I'm just looking forward to uh, doing more now. The season's underway. Um, we've got lots of things to look forward to. Even more so now that the uh, Rat Race guys have sorted out the single sign-on for the yes. event. That's made it much easier to look at all the things that are coming up and make sure you're prepared with all your camping passes and everything you need. 
Um, so yeah, the excitement is now just growing. So three weeks from this point until we head up uh, into Scotland and over to Aaron and mm. do it all again. Indeed. Cool. Well, that's it for this episode. And uh, the next episode will be after we've completed Aaron. Nice one. Take it steady, everyone, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in Aaron, and uh, we'll and we'll be back with another episode once we've completed it. Take it. See you. Bye.